Welcome to The Savage Truth with Cicely Davis. I am your host, Cicely Davis. The Supreme Court makes a hallmark 6-3 decision to overturn affirmative action in college admissions. We're going to discuss the meeting, and today I'm going to tell you a story, not an enchanted fairy tale or one of heroic hardship, but a true crime story. All that coming up on The Savage Truth with Cicely Davis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Savage Truth. I am your host, Cicely Davis. I am so thrilled that you'd be willing to yet again join me. Before we get started, I'm going to ask again that you like and subscribe and leave positive comments. Again, you guys, I'm just so, so ecstatic that you would take the time to listen. And those comments, they really do encourage me to leave great comment. And it gives me an opportunity to, again, connect with you. And for that, I am truly, truly appreciative. Well, 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 the Supreme Court overturns affirmative action in college admissions. Well, what does this mean? It means colleges and universities may no longer factor race into admissions after the Supreme Court ruled 6-3 to end affirmative action in in a consolidated decision. I am so ecstatic about this. Whoop, whoop. Yes, I'm literally, literally right now pumping my fists in the air. I am as happy as a pig in a muck of slop, truly. Race consciousness in college admissions gets blown out of the water. This is fantastic. I have been literally talking about this and arguing about this and debating about the inefficient, the inefficacy of affirmative actions with, of course, black people and white liberals for years. And finally, finally, I have a SCOTUS team who backs me up again in a 6-3 decision. So for those groups and those races or those cultures and those communities who say, particularly SATs are racist and the college admissions whole process is racist and it it bypasses black qualified people and hispanic qualified people and polka dot qualified people the underserved and the overlooked you know what this is absolutely something that i am celebrating because i tell you what what you always want especially and particularly in the college admissions realm is the best of the best. You want people who have worked hard, applied themselves, studied. They are at the top of their class. They are ready to um, compete and be amongst their peers and sit shoulder to shoulder and swap ideas and innovate and invent something, create something. And you want those people who have worked their entire lives to apply to colleges and get accepted and then become contributing positive role models in society. And so when someone is just let in simply because of how much melanin they have in their skin, you know what? We lose something in society. And I'm telling you what, this is a fantastic, we are headed in the right direction. I will take every feather in my cap that I will, that I can. So I'm ecstatic as you can tell, but you know what? My conversations over in the past have been, Um, you know, I mentioned the SATs 
And um, I think that, uh, what is it, that famous question that, that so many um, people who say that SATs are racist, if you will allow me a little bit to kind of stray here. Um, I, I believe the question is, uh, I think it's something like runner is to marathon as regatta is to blank. And I remember this um, this uh, white liberal, she, she said that that question in particular was racist and that no black person could be able to, would be able to answer the correct question correctly because number one, they aren't wealthy enough to know about rowing. And two, because that question automatically rules out non-coastal people. And I'm like, but SATs measure your ability to reason, right? So what I'm saying is I might not know what regatta is, but I can kind of ration out and figure out what runner is to marathon and then look at the examples that are given to me. So if it's runner to marathon and I have hot to cold day and night or something else, I would be able to deduct from that original relationship and come up with the right answer. Again, the ability to reason. This is what they're measuring. This is why you want the best of the best. And I I really do applaud those um, particularly those Asian students who brought this lawsuit and had this victory um, because they have worked really, truly hard. So many of them literally scoring 100%, um, volunteering, giving the best of themselves, giving away from themselves to qualify for these prestigious schools, all to be turned away for some other people simply because of how much melanin they've had in their skin. And so, again, I am celebrating. I hope you are too. So I know you read the title and today I'm really going to be, um, I'm really excited to tell you a story. Now everybody's talking about it. Everybody's talking about it. So of course here on the savage, the savage truth, we have to take our stab at it. But, um, this is something that I wanted to, um, just kind of let people know. And I really, really didn't want to take it from a tongue in cheek perspective, right? Um, I really wanted to kind of go look at this from a wider and broader perspective and tell of the bigger, deeper, more important um, story that's gone on. So yeah, sit back, relax, grab your uh, favorite slippers or robe and um, your beverage of choice and just allow me to kind of give you a a broad perspective in a story-like manner, if you would. So yeah, today I bring you a tale of true crime. In the annals of American history, we have incredible tales of good men turned bad and sometimes just plain bad men. They portray Jesse James and John Dillinger as Robin Hood, who stole from the rich and gave to the poor. Others were vicious killers, like Babyface Nelson and Bonnie and Clyde. Some ran deadly organized syndicates like Al Capone and the Gambino crime family. They all shared one recognizable trait, greed. Today's story is about a syndicate organized by a criminal mastermind. No, not not a mastermind. Better yet, a magician of sorts. A true criminal master of smoke and mirrors. A shuffling character of vile proportion who leads a gang of alleged con artists and degenerates. And just who is this nefarious criminal syndicate? Why, the Biden gang, of course. And we've got the potential ringleader named Big Guy Joe Biden. So who benefits from this criminal empire and how does it work? Well, let's start with first son, Hunter Biden, 
who smokes crack cocaine. Oh, wait, smoked. He smoked crack cocaine and likes to party naked with guns, you know, because he no longer smokes crack, right? You may have heard the stories. You know, how about Haley Biden, Bo Biden's widow, and soon thereafter, Hunter Biden's one-time girlfriend? We have Hunter Biden's ex-wife, Kathleen Boole. We have Hunter Biden's current wife, Melissa Cohen Biden, Uncle James and his wife, Sarah Biden, several grandchildren and nieces and nephews of Joe Biden, and one unknown Biden, all reportedly received wire transfers accounting to over $10 million from foreign nationals funneled through 20 different companies around the time Joe Biden was vice president, as claimed by a Republican oversight committee. But this is only the tip of the proverbial iceberg. The Joe Biden criminal empire story has been decades in the making. This is a study of character gone wrong, not just in Joe Biden, but a generational story filled with a family history of low moral character. So let's let's just go into this and let's look up at this lineup, okay? This lineup of opportunities. So first we have Joe's brother, Frank Biden, who was a moderate real estate agent until Joe Biden became vice president. Then Frank miraculously received millions in taxpayer loans for renewable energy product projects in Costa Rica and Jamaica. Mind you, with no background in energy. He also received millions in grants from the Department of Education towards construction of charter schools. He himself claimed the family name was a tremendous asset that got automatic acceptance for securing projects and funding. And then next we have brother James Biden, who became vice president at Hillstone International, a construction management company, again, all with no experience in the construction industry. Shortly after he joined the firm, Hillstone secured numerous contracts worth over a billion dollars from the federal government for dozens of projects in the U.S., Iraq, Puerto Rico, Mozambique, and elsewhere. Ka-ching! And on and on it goes. It's a complex web of multiple family members, ex-family members, even nieces and nephews. So how could this happen, you ask? Well, the genesis of it began when Joe Biden was elected to public office and never voted out. Now, detractors would argue that there's no evidence that Joe Biden is guilty of anything. And to that, I suppose this. If Joe was subtracted out of the equation, then it never happens. Because without the opportunity that the vice presidency brings, corruption never happens. And if it isn't corruption... Could someone, anyone out there, please explain to me how, when you have no experience or no qualifications, you rake in millions, even billions of dollars? If you have no goods or services to sell, what are you offering? Could it be maybe access to influence? But where would this money come from and who would buy it? Well, it came from China. Romania and Ukraine, and what it bought was the only thing of value this family had to sell, vice presidential influence. But what if there is no evidence of lawbreaking by foreign companies? Or what if there is evidence, but the FBI and the DOJ are burying it? 
I mean, if you're going to run a criminal empire, it probably helps to have the federal government running interference for you. I mean, on your own, it takes extraordinary effort to hide, conceal, and confuse the public and Republican oversight committees. Now, let's talk about the ethics. Yes, I use the word ethics of Joe Biden. In law school, they caught him plagiarizing, and Joe had to beg not to be expelled after he borrowed five pages from a law review article. The savage truth here is Joe Biden has a problem with ethics and integrity. But, you know, let's continue. He claimed he finished at the top of his law school when he finished 76th out of 85. That he went to law school on a full scholarship, the only one in his class, he bragged, when it was only a partial scholarship. He claimed he had three degrees from undergraduate school. He had two. That they awarded him the outstanding student in the political science department. He received no awards and no honors. He references to his high IQ. He even quipped to his own reporters on his 1988 presidential run. I think I have a much higher IQ than you do before he rattled off his fabricated accomplishments. My ancestors worked in the coal mines. No Biden ever worked in the coal mines. The savage truth is Joe Biden has a problem with the truth. But let's not stop here. It can only get better or worse. His claim of being appointed to the Naval Academy, he wasn't. Claiming in a congressional baseball game that he hit a ball 368 feet right off the center field wall. Unfortunately, no records exist to document this memorable day for him, but records do exist of him striking out twice and hitting a grounder. He claimed he was a professional truck driver when talking to a group of truck drivers. You guessed it, he wasn't. He claimed he was arrested when marching on civil rights. Lie. Arrested in South Africa trying to meet Nelson Mandela. <laughs> yeah, right. That he was raised in a Puerto Rican community when he was speaking before a group of one guess. Yep, Puerto Ricans. About pinning a silver star on a Navy captain. Nope. His confrontation with the infamous gang leader, Corn Pop. Now we've reached out to Corn Pop, but so far, no word. The heart warmer about riding the Amtrak to visit his dying mother. Half true. She died. Just about any story with an Amtrak in it. Although he loved his baggage handler, George. That he and Obama didn't lock people up in cages. They did. That he voted against the Iraq war. He didn't. About a fire at his house where everything was ruined and we almost lost a couple of firefighters. It was a small house fire contained in the kitchen and put out in 20 minutes with no injuries. His claim last July that inflation was 0%. It was 8.5. Oh, I love this one. You remember, we're not in recession. The border is closed. <laughs> oh my God, I'm exhausted. Joe Biden has spent his entire career lying. He lies without reason, pathologically, and yet 
He was continually voted into office. Was nobody paying attention? Okay, now how about some Biden-isms? This is God's truth. Now this is really taking the Lord's name in vain. And don't forget, come on, man. You know, that never gets old. My word as a Biden. Seriously? So the question is, and I'm asking you, I'm asking all of you, why should we care? Now, do I have to say it? We need to care because it matters. Because integrity and character matter. And if we continue to accept this abhorrent behavior from our political leaders, it can only get worse. The crimes of today will pale compared to the crimes of the future. There is so much money at stake that corruption is the new normal in American elections and service. And the Biden family has taken it to its highest level. For the sake of the future, we need to stop it now and call it out at every turn. We need to demand better from our political leaders. We need to vote. We need to rally. We need to rally our friends and our family, and we need to get them out to vote. Because even if this isn't proved to be criminal, it certainly isn't ethical. The political climate of today has allowed opportunists like the Biden family to take money from taxpayers, to take political money, to take business, both foreign and domestic money, and slide it towards family members in their own private get-rich-quick scheme. So this is where we are in America. Public office has become the new get-rich-quick scheme. So move over cyber currencies, megachurch pastors, and Black Lives Matter. There's a new scam in town, and it's disguised as public service. The sad truth is it can't happen without participation or the lack of public participation. It's ultimately decided by those who vote or those who don't vote. And I'll, or I will urge you again, get out and vote. So to win this battle, we need to cut the head off a snake, so to speak. And I don't mean literally, it's an idiom. And in this example, it means that when you remove the leader or the most dangerous opponent, the rest are easier to deal with. And I'll let you guess who that snake is. Of course, it's hard to cut the head off a snake when it's hiding in the grass. And the grass is currently the media. And that grass is awful thick and weedy. We can't rely on the media to expose it because the media doesn't report the news. They've become like a fan at a women's soccer game. Oh, wait. Let's use a sporting event with lots of attendance. Rooting for their favorite team to win. And right now... Their team of choice are fascists. At the very least, if this isn't criminal, it certainly jumps the border of unethical. But I doubt this keeps anyone in the Biden house up at night. I'm sure they sleep tight knowing that as long as you have influence to sell, the train keeps rolling all night long. And I'll end this tale tonight with this thought. When Joe Biden was accused of sexual assault, his accuser was dismissed by Nancy Pelosi as, I know him. Well, Nancy, now we know him too, and it seems he's a pathological liar. See, Hunter will not do any time for his federal crimes. And to add insult to injury, Hunter showed up 
after his plea to the state dinner at the White House. Now, this wasn't a sign that Biden stick together and support in times of need and hardship. It was a big F you, a big middle finger to all of us Americans and most specifically to black Americans. So if your name is Malik or Tyrone, and don't forget Juan and Alejandro, you should be particularly ticked off and offended by the sentencing given to Hunter Biden. Because there are many, many Hispanics and blacks in prison doing time, a lot more time with harsher sentences for a whole lot less. And so I say it to you again, return black people particularly, please return back to your original voting party and let's get our country back. Thank you all so much for listening. And again, I ask that you like and subscribe and leave positive comments. This has been particularly fun this week. I thank you so much for your support and I look forward to next time. Take care and thank you for joining The Savage Truth with Cicely Davis. The Savage Truth with Cicely Davis is a production of Front Page Magazine and the David Horwich Freedom Center. Reproduction of this podcast without express written consent is prohibited.